Where's the boy? The boy is gone. You can't tell me what to do. No, I didn't tell you what to do. You're skipping a line, dude. Yeah, ah. Uh, you can't tell me what to do. You're still skipping the same line. You're supposed to say what to do. It's crazy how much better I am at acting. I'm going to kick your ass, bro. I'll tell you what. I am the ruler of darkness. I am the master of light. I am the day man. Whatever, bro. Here's your whatever, bitch. What? No, don't improv. Don't tell me what to do. Welcome all to episode 11 of the Wild Card, the podcast entirely devoted and dedicated to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Dan, are you ready to get your rock offer on? Born ready. ready. (laughs) Let's go. I wish I could sing. (laughs) I wish I could sing too. I'm a terrible singer. But what's funny is that I'm like not the biggest musical guy. And I really enjoyed this episode regardless. (laughs) Yeah, I, I usually hate the musical episodes of television shows or even like the musical segments in TV shows. I think they're just a waste of time. Uh, most of the songs suck. <laughs> yeah, this one was great. <laughs> it, was, it, it was so bad, they're, they're musical, that it was good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that it had, it had a lot of charm, had a lot of character to it, so... Uh, I found a soft spot for this musical in particular. And it's also like in sunny fashion. It's supposed to be bad, I think. It's it's supposed to be just a complete shit show. Yeah. So it kind of works like that. Um, and you know what? The best part about this episode to me, actually, is the non-musical parts. Oh, I mean, I love both parts. I won't lie, but I, I, I see where you're coming from because... you really do get like grabbed like your attention gets grabbed like right off the start because i mean we'll obviously get into this but like charlie does an amazing job in this episode of playing like that arrogant director yes yes for sure (laughs) so i i really love all that i really love how the gang tries to bring him down but the musical parts in itself are hilarious as well so i think we should get into today's episode yeah, today's episode is uh, Season 4, Episode 13, uh, which is the season finale of Season 4, uh, The Nightman Cometh. You know, to anyone listening to this podcast that isn't It's Always Sunny fan, probably already know this episode. Pretty pretty um, famous and impactful one. It's one that kind of gets referenced a lot. A lot of memes came from this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, this is definitely some one of the ones where the gang is... Uh, is kind of like on full blast like everyone is sort of crazy and i don't know it's, it's a I, I i get i get the acclaim that it gets you know i really do they even made funko pops of this uh of this episode <laughs> yeah they did that's that yeah like that's just like it shows you how culturally impactful this episode was yeah and uh yeah go, going into this episode i forgot how big it was like uh yeah before i watched it i i knew it was a good one and i knew it was pretty famous but not like not to the degree that i thought it was uh when i did a little bit of research after the fact so yeah very great episode very interesting storyline because i i don't think there's another sunny episode that's like this where it's sort of like a storyline within a storyline uh i thought that was a really interesting aspect and um yeah, for the listeners that aren't, don't know what this episode is, a uh, pretty famous episode, famous character and storyline that the gang has probably referenced a couple times through this series. Charlie uh, stages a rock opera based on his song, Nightman, 
and basically recruits the rest of the gang to help him with it. And, uh, you know, they perform it at the end of the episode. And it's actually interesting to me that they crammed all this stuff into a 20-minute episode. Yeah. I thought they could have done, like, a two, three-parter of this. Uh, because there, there, there really could be a lot more to this. You know, they could have really dug deeper into this and made more scenes and more, uh, you know, character development within the storyline. But this, yeah, the fact that they crammed this into 20 minutes of just like pure awesome scenes is, uh, is very respectable. So, uh, props to, you know, the writers and the director, Matt Shackman, whoever he is yeah. <laughs> last time when we announced the episode. Uh, we had spoken about how they had done a tour in uh, select cities and they actually performed this uh, rock opera live. So, you know, we only get to see like maybe eight minutes of the opera in the actual show. So I'm curious to see like what they actually did to make it a full production show in real life and what they added to it. There, there is a video online. I think I, I kind of briefly skimmed it of the, of the gang actually performing this on their, on their live tour. So yeah, I do need to definitely watch that. I'm, I'm really interested to see how, you know, how they blow it up bigger than the 20 minute episode that we see here. But the songs they perform in the show are all fantastic. Okay, off, off the, off the bat, do you have like a favorite one? I, oh man. Because I do have a, have a front runner for the best song. I guess that could be one of our categories this week. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You know what? Let's let's, let's revisit this. Episode. Okay, I'll okay, okay. But that's a tough question because I will say this off the bat. Maybe it's not my favorite song, but when Dee and Dennis sing Tiny Boy. Right. And you know the part where they start like thrusting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that killed me. So the thrust like already like elevates the song for me. So I'll think about like what my actual favorite song is. Yeah, because on top of, uh, you know, the actual singing of it, you know, there, this is a full performance. There are dance moves. There are a lot of actions. And, you know, we'll get into some of those actions uh, in a bit. Some but, crazy uh, props. <laughs> yeah, a lot of props, a lot of set design. Really in- interesting, interesting storyline um, because it does act as a bit of a metaphor. Maybe you can explain it. A boy, <laughs> a boy meets a princess and grows into a man after the nightman comes and attacks him you know what there's two ways to interpret it i guess like there's what charlie intends on the story being and then there's what everybody else understands the story is which like what charlie intends like what you're is what you're right like a, a princess i guess enchants this young man who gets attacked by the nightman and then turns into an actual man and becomes the day man and then kills the troll but what the uh, the rest of the gang understands is that there's a lot of inappropriate underage loving and rape (laughs) (laughs) and it's very unintentional i like that like charlie is uh, is as confused as anyone else would be when they bring this up boy man it's just a metaphor (laughs) (laughs) you're saying metaphor but i don't think you know what it means (laughs) It, that, that, that's one of the elements I love about the show is that the gang just misinterpret what Charlie has actually written and you as the audience probably read it as what the rest of the gang is understanding too because of the way the words and the connotation and all that. It's genius writing because there's, there's always the, the double entendre. It's like I, I know what he's going for. I know what he's trying to say and portray here but I, like come on you can't, you can't not read between the lines here and figure this out. Yeah, and like even simple things like 
switching boy's soul to boy's whole like just flips flips the script you know it's, it's so <laughs> funny i love it i absolutely love it and uh i think it's kind of cool that they base this character off of like they base this whole episode basically off a character that they subtly developed in season three yes and in um the episode where d uh dates a retard i think that's what it's called yep sweet d dates a retarded person or something yeah like yeah that, that one yeah, so, it's, you know, I think it's kind of cool that they, they sort of reflected back on a very, very small scene in a previous episode that, you know, could completely go unnoticed and, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of acts as a random scene to blowing it up into a full, full episode. I think that's really interesting. And it kind of dwells into Charlie's psyche. <laughs> yeah, because he, uh, he plays a whole different character than what we're used to here. Like he he's like the man of the hour. He's the man like on top of it. Like he's the guy with the agenda. And as we mentioned in the beginning, like he does an amazing job of playing that arrogant director, uh, kind of like that cocky guy that takes control of everything. Uh, when people tend to know Charlie as the dumb one, so it's kind of cool to see him in a in a different role. I don't want to say he was a straight man because I don't think there was a straight man in this episode. I think everyone was just like balls to the wall crazy. Maybe Gladys. <laughs> or or um, Artemis, what's, what's her name? Artemis, yeah. Who we spoke about last episode, which is funny that we're saying that because we're like, eh, we don't care for her screen time, and then this episode she has screen time. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good thing you mentioned like the when they initially wrote that song because what I love about that is that song was so catchy, and it really sticks with you the first time you hear it. So it's really great that they brought it back and made something bigger with it, like you said. You know what the best part about the song is? It's the falsettos. Oh, yeah. So, I was about to say that. Dennis's falsettos. Absolutely. That That is the catchiest thing uh, that you could do. So, And what's just as good is them actually performing it the first time in the bar with like that sparkly uh, outfit, like the tights, and them doing like the whole dance move thing there. Uh, and then Charlie has glue all over his, uh, or paint, because he was sniffing paint. So both... Both both times the song was performed has very uh, uh, iconic imagery to remember by, and both were insanely catchy. Did you find the? Because so I see it. I see it in two ways. I see the Nightman song that was done in that season three episode is like the demo version, and then the one <laughs> the, the, the the performance that they did on this episode is the album version. Like you know, the, they they the, polished um... it. <laughs> The uh, the old version is the demo that they put out on Twitter, and yeah. then the and the new version is the band playing "This Is Hardcore." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the one that's gonna get them popular. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know what? I kind of I kind of prefer the demo version. Maybe I'm a, a bit of a snob like that, but I like I, I like, like the original. Both. I really like both because I I do like it when in this in this version when they all start singing together. Uh, there was just like this charm about it that like I it really like caught my attention, but every time I hear it, it just makes you want to go back and listen to that original episode too. For sure, I know. Yeah, um, I guess kind of getting into the into the episode, I I like how um, I like how Char- Charlie is so eager about this. Like he's really excited that he actually did this, and he's just got like a bunch of papers. <laughs> Like they're all like scr- like scruffled up, and they're all different colors. Like like, <laughs> it's just it it's just 
that's so Charlie Kelly, you know? What, like, was, what was the song he was singing at the beginning when he was all excited about it? I don't know, but that could be that could be a contender for top song, too, because I love how, <laughs> like, insane he's in with that. I love that. It's gonna be awesome. Na, 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 na. <laughs> we could put Charlie's intro song in the in the rankings of the of the song. That, that changes episode. the game, then. It does. It does. Yeah. That changes a, the game. That's a wild card pick, I feel. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, right off the bat, like we said, um, Charlie just kind of writes this musical with no purpose and nobody knows why he did it, but he's so thrilled and excited about it and he can't wait to like get it up and running. But the gang goes with the gang does best is just shit on him and like bring it down like, okay, but like, why did you do this? And like, who and what's the angle we're taking? <laughs> and like, who is it for? It's like, can the guy just write a musical like for, for the fun of it? Like, it's gonna be great, guys. Come on. Yeah, I, I, uh, I love that the gang always thinks that there's an ulterior motive like yeah they which always, there is yeah, yeah there there is but i like how like they think that this is a scheme like i think they've been doing this for so long that every action they do has to be has to have a reaction I, max is the best like who is the versus <laughs> I, I love that line like how, who who's the mark who's the target here who are we fucking who's the over? mark yes like that's their that's their instinct that's their first thought i think that is so telling of the psychopaths that these people are and yeah I, yeah you know at the start of this episode i remember my first rewatch i genuinely believe that charlie just did write a musical on his own time out of uh the goodness of his heart like i think he was just you know bored had a hobby so he did it um obviously by the end of this episode we realized that that is not true um but yeah the gang the gang fully calls him out like there's no way you wrote this for no reason no i uh, i also like the way he introduces the title of the musical in that funny tone that he always talks in. So when Dee asks him, so what's, what's this musical called? The Nightman Cometh. It gets me intrigued too, because it's not a, it's a, it's a different title concept. It's not the gang does this. It's, you know, it's a whole different, different scope. So I think that that alone even gives it the perception that it's a different type of episode. Yeah. And as soon as you, you hear him say that, you know, what's about to come because you obviously remember that initial song, but they do such a great job of taking it to the next level and making something greater with it, which is what Sonny's great at doing, man. Like they did it with crack. Um, <laughs> they did it with this. They did it with the, uh, the Wade Boggs episode where they did redid the all female version after they do a great job of taking something iconic. That's like, that really resonates with Sonny fans and they, they just bring it to a whole different level and they flip the script with it. Yeah, although, yeah, like this is this is definitely a series that you could jump in on any episode and you'd watch it and enjoy it. It doesn't have like a real overarching connected storyline for the most part, but they definitely do make references to older things. So that's one thing that you'd miss if you never saw that old episode, right? You, you wouldn't even understand the um, relevance of The Night Man because you never heard of it before. <laughs> this is also a great episode for... Uh, a jumping off point for somebody who's never seen a series i would say you, you think so yeah i mean i think it's like just wacky enough and like funny and i feel like if you were to watch this and then once you start looking into sunny you'd realize that there's so much uh like like fan favoritism related to this episode that it would make you want to dig into the series even more so if you see that this episode has like a high rating, for example, and then a lot of fans give it phrase, they're like, oh, this this sounds like a great series. Like, 
if so many people are loving this, maybe I should check out other episodes. Yeah, I yeah, I, I kind of see what you're saying where it's a good episode to to jump in on because it's a great way to highlight all the characters and how weird they are. Yeah. But I I I don't know if it's a perfect episode to start with because there are a lot of little references to other things. And gotcha. the little the to me the little things make the episode a little bit better. But yeah, to, to highlight if you want to like see what the characters are like, uh this is kind of a good jumping off point because they're all just out of their minds. <laughs> I also love that they made the season finale the rock opera. Like they kept it for the last last episode of the season to kind of like make like this grand finale of this of the season. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. If you have an episode like this, you have to have it uh, at the end or at the start. You know, you have to start or end with a bang. And you know, they did it. They did it proper. Absolutely. And actually, fun fact for you: this is the last episode they filmed in the four-three aspect ratio. Oh, wow. So starting season five, it's the... Uh... Yeah, it's like the regular widescreen HD one. Yeah. Oh, so... interesting. I never I never paid attention, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it is sort of a grand finale in more than one sense, right? Like this is sort of the passing of the torch of the, you know, <laughs> different quality of television, right? So... Um... And I, I think by now, like, they were finally, like, getting this, like, a solid fan base to stick around and actually watch the series. Because at first, they struggled a lot and, like, the first season nobody cared and that's why they had to get Danny DeVito on board because they needed like a bigger public figure to kind of endorse the show in a sense and like their their ratings were terrible like nobody was watching it it was on like at the most random time like FX was still kind of like a new ish network at the time too so by now like ending season four going to season five I think like they had finally established themselves yeah oh yeah for sure and i think this this definitely pushed them over the edge too like for sure an episode of this caliber and this quality definitely kind of put them on the map yeah i mean we're we're praising it a lot but i guess we can kind of go through the episode a little bit more (laughs) one thing i do want to mention about that first scene i love how um mac d and charlie or sorry mac d and dennis my my bad you know at first they're kind of like clowning on charlie like why would you do this but then the second charlie says I'll just find someone else to do it. They're like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We're just trying to get get a grasp on what's going on here. It kind of shows how, like, very self-absorbed each one of them are. Like, you know, they got nothing else to do. (laughs) Like, you know, they want to be part of this. It's just, uh, you know, how they're going to go about it. So, uh, yeah, I love that that little turn. And, um, you know, who else is Charlie going to get for this? You know, you got to have the gang in there. You need the gang, yeah. Like, can you could you imagine if, like, the musical was cricket and like yeah, the ponderosas yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, it'd be interesting it'd be interesting it'd be another uh it'd be a different turn on that on that storyline uh have you ever been to like a live theater musical or anything yeah i have i've only been in new york uh i guess that's a big big place for broadway uh when i was there i did like a classic touristy thing i went to see a spider-man one <laughs> nice and the adams family um, cool yeah both really cool i you know again like i think we both said at the start we're not musical fans like i'm not really going on a way to to watch this type of content but they were both great and you have to respect the pageantry you have to respect the effort a lot of these actors and actresses put into this because um you know acting is one thing singing is one thing dancing is one thing to do all three and do them all well is unbelievably respectable so uh you know props to them yeah, I was I was actually supposed to go to New York before the pandemic hit, and we had tickets to see Rock of Ages on Broadway. So that didn't happen, unfortunately. But I have been to one play slash musical for school 
years ago, and I don't remember what it was, but all I remember was that the play itself was set in Boston. So a lot of the music was the Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. What's that one song? Uh, Shipping Off the Boston. Shipping off the, yeah, yeah. That's a banger. That's a great song. <laughs> and maybe they played Aerosmith. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I think they're from Boston, if I'm not mistaken. But I, me- I vividly remember hearing Dropkick Murphys. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Did you enjoy it? It was actually pretty good from what I remember, yeah. Aerosmith is from Boston, yes. Hey, hey, good memory. Like you said, the non-musical scenes were absolutely hilarious. And I think we should dive into our favorite scenes from this episode because mine is one of those scenes, and I think yours might be too. So I think we should discuss about that so we can start maybe getting into the episode a little more detailed. What do you think? Yeah, so my favorite scene is one of the scenes later on when they're first rehearsing the the initial start of the play. So it's Charlie kind of speaking to Dee and Dennis about their roles and how they're going to portray the characters. And this is sort of the start of when Charlie's frustration starts building up. Uh, this scene has like some of my favorite lines and Charlie's monologues are awesome here. Like I love when he's just berating Dee about because do you want to cut the scene yeah i thought that was just perfect like it was so convincing and it was like i like that turn like he's like oh yeah i'll cut the scene yeah i'll cut the scene and then he twists it to be d's fault yeah i thought that was great uh genius writing the you know charlie's performance of that monologue was fantastic and uh yeah it's it's convincing like do you definitely felt bad and you know she went back on her word and dennis has that weird uh like he's eating because he's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was asked to take a five. He was asked to take a five. And uh, yeah, that's when Charlie's, yeah, obviously frustration growing. Uh, and then he has like one of his classic lines that he says a trillion times in this, in this episode is that he's up to here. And then he has his <laughs> hand kind of up to his forehead or shoulder length or above his forehead, depending on where you are in the episode. Yeah, I think I think this one really sets the stage of the chaos that is going to ensue. And yeah, it is not one of the musical ones. It's sort of them, you know, going through one of the musical things. So also, I'm just going to just mention this now because it's a very small thing. In the scene right before this, when they're when Charlie's giving everyone their roles, <laughs> he basically says, here's Artemis. Uh, you obviously know, like, and he says, you, got, you guys know Artemis. And Frank, in a subtle way, says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that on the first run through, but on this rewatch, uh, I was crying of laughter. That's such a little thing because obviously Frank has the relationship with her. Now you guys, you all know Artemis. Yes. Uh, Artemis. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I would say that that's my favorite scene. I think it had a lot of like really funny lines that I, you know, thought of after the after the fact. So uh, I would go with that one. What about you? So that's a very close runner up for my favorite scene uh because mainly of charlie's monologue like he just rips into d so hard and what he was saying was perfect and like the way he was saying was perfect and he's like the, my two favorite parts of that is like he goes this, oh did d write a musical and come to charlie with it no charlie wrote a musical and he came to d with it and then at the end when he goes well so what's it gonna be song or no song <laughs> He, like, like I'm telling you, man, like, he was, like, the mastermind of this episode. Like, 
like not only he actually wrote the episode but like within the episode he wrote the context of the 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 plot you know so he's really doing a good job of taking control of this but my favorite scene is the scene right before it was when he's assigning the roles um just because everybody's attribution to the scene is very good because you obviously see everybody together and everyone's still kind of confused like they they received a script and it has words on it <laughs> which <laughs> made it made it literate but everyone's still kind of confused about the premise and they're not really understanding what this play is about and this is where you kind of start seeing that double entendre of what charlie means um like me meant to write versus what the gang is understanding uh, but it's when he really so- starts assigning the roles is when, like, I found the, the funniest because he obviously gives Mac the lead, which pisses off Dennis. And then he gets even more pissed when he finds out he has two roles. Uh, but the funniest part was when um, he thinks that uh, the Mac thinks the Nightman is more badass. So he wants to switch to that role. So he says uh, he wants cat eyes. And then as soon as he mentions cat eyes, Frank pulls out his cell phone. He knows <laughs> a guy. He knows a guy. And then Mac goes, Frank, you know anybody with the cat eyes? I'm already on it. On it. <laughs> um, That's what money gets you. When, you. when you were rich, you just know everyone. Everyone wants to know <laughs> you and you know everyone. Uh, so yeah, that scene was just great because it kind of just sets the tone for what the rehearsals of this musical is going to be like. And you really starts to see that unveiling obviously every scene moving forward so yeah with that scene they just knocked it out of the park and it was it was hilarious i I loved it yeah i think you're right it's a great way to kind of lay the foundation of you know now now that we know what it's going to happen we know that there's going to be a, a a musical going on i like that this is now sort of showing where everyone's intentions lie in the sense that like D is going to want one thing, Mac is going to want one thing, Frank's going to want one thing, and Dennis is going to want one thing. And they're all going to clash against what Charlie's vision is, right? Yep. You know, and it just kind of goes back to how um, self-centered all these characters are. And like, they think now this is their thing. Where really, this is Charlie's thing. This is Charlie's vision. You know, we should see it through. We should, you know, follow his direction. He is the director. Uh, but you know they're not going to do that <laughs> for sure they're all going to you know play their role role in that in that sense definitely so like i said my favorite part of that scene was the whole cat eyes thing but a, a second close was when uh frank finds out he's the the troll right because at first you think he's pissed the way he reacts and then he goes oh, i like that <laughs> it's like can i play it naked <laughs> him uh, him as the troll definitely got me uh thinking of him as the penguin because he's got that gigantic nose again and he's got like as a cape. soon as i saw him <laughs> on the screen in the troll outfit i started dying of laughter i was like holy shit like they did it so well to make him look like disgusting and vile with the hair and everything and i was like man that's 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 amazing but yeah when uh when he's talking about the 70s and how everybody did, did theater naked. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's Revise, getting laid. Yeah, everyone's getting laid. And then Charlie Revise, well, it's not the 70s, so we'll do it clothed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but the, the Charlie yelling at D is obviously a great scene, too. So I think those two merge, kind of, like you said, build a great foundation for this episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you definitely start to see where things are sort of unfolding and how chaotic it's going to get. And... Uh, I guess we can kind of start digging into the uh, intentions of the episode uh, because after that, Charlie sneaks up on the waitress. (laughs) 
uh, and I say sneaks up like that because he literally jumps out of a bush <laughs> and he's like, oh, is this one of your walking places? Are you... <laughs> <laughs> like oh, you as, walk here too? <laughs> as if he doesn't already know that um yeah i thought that was so funny yeah because obviously like the waitress doesn't want anything to do with him you know he kind of plays like the stalker character uh and um yeah so he basically you know invites the waitress out to this play so you automatically know that the waitress is now going to be involved um and then you know uh, you know when we get into it later we'll find out why but so, yeah, the waitress is now in um, and then the gang is sort of ready to uh, to launch off this uh, this musical. Yeah. You know, they've done the rehearsals. They've got Charlie has the key audience member. Uh, what I'm wondering is, who are the other other audience members? They're a bunch of I old was, people. I was about to say, how did they get so many people to show up? It was a packed house. I don't know. It's like a <laughs> small gymnasium yes. or like a Knights of Columbus type deal, but uh, or like a rec center. But yeah, that place was bumping, man. Uh, like they did, they didn't, they didn't talk about it in the show, like how they promoted this and like. Well, I guess they... it was, it was free. Was it free? Yeah, he says, a, I have a free ticket for you to see a musical that I wrote." So I guess it's it's free for her, but I am going to assume that it's free for everyone because that's the only way you're getting bodies in that room. If you had to pay money to see that, like that, not the actual one they did, how much would you pay? Uh, I don't even know where I'd find out about it. You know, that's 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 not my world. I I, I don't even know where that's going to be promoted or uh, or anything, but. Um, I'd check it out, you know, some amateur actors, you know, <laughs> trying to break through. I, you know, you never know who's going to, you know, come out of that. Uh, how much would I pay? Probably max 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking and 10 bucks. Fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. It was, it was so funny how it was just old people, but the old guy sitting next to the waitress, like kept looking over her, like reacting the whole time. Too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's sort of in on it somehow. <laughs> Maybe they're all friends of Gladys. Maybe like they went to like a <gasps> old folks home. Yeah. Oh, that could be it. That could be it. I will say, you know, once they do start performing, the audience is loving it. They like, are you like know, getting, getting a lot of laughs. No gasps though. No gasps. <laughs> Unfortunately, no gasps. And it's not a comedy, so I'm not sure why they're laughing. Um, Dan, did you look into who the actress that plays Gladys is? Uh, no, I did not. So I actually have a fun fact for you here, because obviously we see, we see Gladys in an earlier episode in the dentist system, where she's the old lady in the wheelchair that um, at the amusement park that they're pushing around. Oh, is that the same lady? That's the same lady. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Her name is Mayla Board. Uh, and she began her career of acting at the age of 93. And she, and she was an active actress until her death at the age of 102. Wow, good for her. So in the show, she's actually like 98 or 99 years old. Uh, and what's even funnier is that all like the, the few roles that she's played are all like comedies she was in apparently and i don't remember this apparently she's in pineapple express oh wow okay i don't recall that at all but I she was either. also in a in a tommy chong movie called evil bong <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite fact about may is that she is armenian 
her 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 real last name was Shamlian. Okay, that's amazing. So she married to somebody named Laborde and got her last name changed. But yeah, respects to my Armenian community. <laughs> yes, exactly. Another another Armenian celebrity for you. But uh, imagine deciding that at the age of ninety three, you want to start being a comedy actress and you act until you die at one hundred and two years old. I think that's amazing, man. I think that's like you know, you're at that point in your life, you're like, well. What else am I gonna do? I'll just start a new hobby, and I don't know. Maybe found find it, found an agent. Maybe she knew someone that was connected to you know the Hollywood world, and uh, yeah, she just got connected. Like I would, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, you know, it kind of gives gives hope to other people that might want to do that at any at any age group, right? You know, you, you think you know you have to be bred to be an actor or actress when you're young, and you know grow into that. But anyone can jump in at any time, right? And uh, she has like some really cool roles there. It seems that probably kept her going too for like a longer lifespan you know oh yeah yeah of course yeah one or two that's amazing uh that's a that's a long life and you know she, now she's got uh, a historical uh notion to you know add on to her her great life there um uh, i love the i also love the scene now they're on now we're talking about gladys i love the scene where they introduce her because i love like i said that's when you get to see frank in the in the troll outfit and just the way it's, she's talking is hilarious. And she says something about like Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> and then yeah. like Charlie is like snapping at her the entire time too. Yeah, yeah you've, been what tell- I love- you've been telling me that all day. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love, it's like how many times? Over a hundred times. <laughs> what, yeah. I, what I love about that scene the most though is that you clearly see Mac breaking character. Oh, do you? He's like, because there's a lot of bloopers associated with that, uh, first of all. But even like the scenes that actually... Uh, the scene that actually cut the episode you see like mac at one point laughing in the back and then when charlie like starts talking to them too he still like has a big smile on his face um so that i i caught that one um so i think i think when you watch the bloopers they're all like so thrown back that this 99 year old woman is insanely funny so i think that's what makes them break character uh so i think she did a great job at, of like just being a like little like that one puzzle piece to like tie the episode in together you know yeah and she's just like another element of frustration for for charlie uh because this is this is also tough because she is like a nice old lady so he doesn't want to get mad at her but you can tell he's like just enraged on the inside (laughs) i'm here yeah i'm I'm here i'm here here. with it now (laughs) (laughs) i love when he kept saying that but kept elevating it too (laughs) yeah me too me too because his yeah his anger and frustration was rising as the episode went yeah <laughs> i'm here i swear and then uh he was so mad the entire like he really like i said i'm i'm very keen about his cocky arrogant director character here like he said something to d at one point he's like i'm gonna slap her face off her face <laughs> <laughs> that's great he was just rattled the entire time i loved it uh, he he did an amazing job at like just being the leader yeah, and he kind of he kind of throws the gang a little bit of a wild card because originally he was supposed to play the piano uh, to c- accompany the actual actors, but he kind of throws them a wild card and says, "I'm not going to do that. Gladys is going to do that." So uh, Dennis already seems nervous. They all sort of are a little bit unsure. Dee says that she's going to throw in a song of her own that <laughs> also enrages Charlie, and um, yeah, then, then they just get into it, and uh, you know it begins. Did you like uh, Dee's song? Um. The one she wrote. <laughs> I wouldn't put it as my favorite song on the, on the okay. episode. I wouldn't put it. I, I like that it was there <laughs> uh, because Charlie's reaction to it was phenomenal. 
but it didn't do anything for me. Like it, it was there because it was funny, but um, like from a musical standpoint, it wasn't my favorite song on the uh, of the of the of the uh, performance. Let's say. But uh, not only the songs were great during musical, the choreography was great too. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. Like you mentioned, like the thrusting, like the weird awkward. It, you know, it's it's awkward dance moves. It's not like, oh wow, this is this is really cool. It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> the the snaps. Oh, the snaps are good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to the non-musical scenes. You know, uh, not only Charlie was having a hard time with Dee and Dennis. He was also having a hard time with Frank because, like we mentioned, he was saying boy's whole and not boy's soul. And it's like not only genius writing, but it's also like those types of things that if you were actually to say boy's soul and you just like drag the S, it really makes it a whole different like word. <laughs> For sure. For sure. It, like, again, man, like something about like short old Danny DeVito, like snapping, singing and like saying like boy's whole, <laughs> like. How, how can you not laugh at that? Yeah, he he was the perfect troll. He was he he played his character very very well. Yeah, I I liked how Mac was sort of trying to interpret his his role as the nightman, uh, because I don't know if this is exactly what Charlie envisioned. Um, I didn't I don't know if the nightman was supposed to be doing odd karate moves and, uh, you know, the, the cat eyes are perfect. The the um, even though the song has mentions karate <laughs> it, it does but that's on the day man side yeah that's true that's true there is like this developing confusion like maybe yep. charlie's musical isn't as thought out as he thought it was uh especially because they think that there's a rape scene where Ma <laughs> mac will have to <laughs> rape dennis yep um that wasn't the case it wasn't supposed to be the case they thought they thought it was a rape scene all the way till the end because <laughs> even when it ends, Frank turns to Charlie and he goes, by the way, I thought the rape scene was great. <laughs> I'm here with it. I I'm now here with it. By the way, how awkward was that ending? Like, not like in terms of the episode, but in terms of the play. Like nobody claps. It just silently ends. And then they bow in like such an awkward way that like nobody like cares anymore. And they're just like, they start talking to themselves and they just walk off stage. <laughs> well, I think, I think, well, Charlie like definitely realized that like, ah, well, the scheme's over. It didn't work. I'm done. Uh, this, this whole play is like not useless basically. Yeah. It, it is kind of an awkward ending, but I, I think it fits perfectly with the episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, sure. it would be For weird sure. if they ended on a high note with Charlie in his big yellow costume. And I don't know. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was perfect. So definitely, Dan, do you want to get into a favorite quote of the episode? Because I know you mentioned you had a hard time picking this one. And you have like six of them <laughs> written down. So I want to hear your favorite one, but I want to hear all your runner-ups too. <laughs> uh, I, I okay. I guess I'll give you some of the runner-ups. Give me give um, me give me top three. Sure, I'll give you I'll give you three. Um, <laughs> the the quotes were tough because. I, I don't know if I can pick like one line that I can feel like, oh, that's that's the line of the episode. Oh, I, I do. I do have that. But I, I think the other quotes are more like way the, the way they're said to the other characters. Um, I guess the first one, I guess my third place one, uh, I'm sorry if I'm also like, if these are any of yours as well, but if they are, just mention it and we'll, we'll, we'll hit two birds with one stone. The first one is basically when Charlie is, telling Dennis to take, to take a five. <laughs> uh, I think that is so funny because he's basically, could you take a five? And Dennis doesn't want to leave because he wants to be involved. 
but how he repeats it after and after and just gets so angry about it. And then he finally says, will you take a five, Dennis? All right. Could you give me a second with 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 the, with the talent here? Thank you, uh, Dennis. Could you take a five? Uh, well, I just don't want to cut the song, I man. I'd like for you to take a five. five. Five minutes. Can we have five now, please? Because we Can I get? Can you have a five over there? Will you take yeah, a five, five, Dennis? Five. Take a five, please. Uh, the third or second place for me is in the actual performance itself when. Mac is trying to rape Dennis. <laughs> he basically says, uh, he, Mac jumps onto the bed where Dennis is and he says, Give me that leg, boy. And then Dennis <laughs> says, Dude, do you have a boner right now? And then Mac, that's, that's my favorite quote. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> the dude, do you have a boner? Dude, right do you have now? a boner right now? And then Mac says, Shut up, dude. You're don't ruin this for me. <laughs> Dude, I was dying at that. Give me that leg, boy. <laughs> and the way that he says it is so devious. He's like, give me that oh. leg, boy. But yeah, the way Dennis went, dude, do you have a boner right now? <laughs> don't, don't, do, don't ruin this for me is amazing. <gasps> give me that leg, boy. No. Dude, do you have a boner right now? Shut up, dude. Don't ruin this for me. What? What the hell are you? Are you? Jesus. Okay, stop, stop. That's enough, dude. Does it hurt? Oh, God. Again, this is a little, very little bit that adds to the whole unconfirmed story that Mac is in love with Dennis. Yes, I noticed that too, yeah. It, yeah, it just adds to that uh, overarching storyline, so that was perfect. <laughs> Give me that leg, boy. <laughs> I, may, I may start using that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, number one. <laughs> number one, I mean... We've said it like a billion times already on this podcast. It has to be this. Uh, you have me up to here. I, th- I think that's the line that defines Charlie's character, uh, the frustration he has in the episode. Um, I don't know. That, that's like the, the catchphrase of the episode. I, you know, I can't, I can't not pick another one. So that, that would be the best one. But yeah, this was very hard to pick quote-wise. I thought so, so many um, really fun and funny lines. So uh because they're all short, but they're yeah. effective. Yeah, and there's one in every, and there's one in every scene. Like every scene has a line that you could be like, "Oh, that was pretty funny." There wasn't one like sleeper scene or one scene that you needed. Like, oh, this is just just to develop. It's just like these are all bangers. Um, I, you like you said, it was kind of like the catchphrase of the episode. Like I'm up to here. I think the funniest one was when Charlie goes, "Now I got to play the piano, and I'm up to here." <laughs> Don't stop. Technically, that wasn't five minutes. Okay, you know what? You guys have me up to here. Okay. Okay, I'm here. I don't want to be here, okay? Now I have to play the piano, and I'm all up here. So let's, you know what? Let's try and get this down. Let's try and work this down a bit, okay? And you know what's going to do that? Learning the song. Oh, man. Uh, Should we talk about, obviously, why Charlie wrote this musical? Because we kind of got into it, but we didn't give the reasoning behind it. And even up to the end, the gang has no idea why Charlie did this. And his grand outro is a, is, is, is a wild card in itself to the gang because they didn't expect that. You know, Charlie goes from the black turtleneck to the yellow suit with but this crazy prop that how they managed on the budget when the whole play was so shitty, but managed like this thing to descend from the sky, like 
Yeah, and he even absolutely he even, crazy. He even mentioned that the costumes are very expensive too. So I think Frank was really, really funding this one. <laughs> probably, probably. But yeah, the reason why Charlie wrote this musical so that he can find a way to in, propose essentially to the waitress and ask her to marry him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was I guess the uh, the big reveal and the alter ulterior motive that Charlie had at the uh, that they kind of alluded to at the start and uh, yeah, I mean, what a romantic, you know, to write a whole musical for a girl that is uh, that is more than I've ever done. So yeah, <laughs> and then Charlie has his own song there as well. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, like he has his own his own segment of the musical too, and yeah. uh, which was yeah, great. It was. It was. I yeah I. That like that, that pic like that picture at the end, of them kind of standing with each other and everyone's in their own distinct costumes. That is like iconic. That's like ingrained in my head. Like Charlie in the yellow suit, um, Dennis in like the weird silver, like I don't know spandex suit. Obviously, D looking like a princess. Chart and Mac in the black nightman uh, martial arts outfit with the cat eyes and Frank looking like a troll. Like th this is, this is an iconic image, you know. Like, and it's it's hard. To, like, this could this would be good on like a and it's always sunny out of context um, Twitter page. I think that that picture just defines it um, for sure. Yeah, uh, I li I like I like when Charlie does his falsettos and he actually like raises his hand up like as he's singing to like do the like the the tone. Um, Charlie's a, a decent singer and piano player. You know what? Yeah, I, I'd say more piano player. I'm actually more yes. impressed with his piano skills than uh, his singing. But yeah, yeah, they're he he kills it. Yeah, yeah, good, good on him. And speaking of singing, I'm sure you noticed this. Mac completely butchers the one note that he has that he has to sing, where he goes like the hey hey hey. Like his voice completely cracks and he doesn't hit the note at all. <laughs> What'd you say? Troll -tone. Hey, hey, hey. Troll -tone. I think that makes that that makes it though. Like I don't think any of them were like fantastic singers, and I think that that adds to the the um, uh, essence essence of the of the of the musical. You know, like I think yeah, it's like it, a half-assed, shitty musical that like only old people attended in this gymnasium you it know? wouldn't it wouldn't make sense if they were fantastic singers you know like i uh, i wonder if they like actually rehearsed more when they brought it on the road or if, or if they kept like the shitty comedy charm to it maybe maybe i, I don't i don't know um yeah that's yeah maybe they took vocal lessons when they actually you know performed it for real but uh i, th I think uh you know as we're kind of taking a deeper dive into the performance itself, I think one like aspect of the episode that we haven't touched on yet that I loved, and it wasn't a major aspect, but I love this aspect, is that is the Mac and Dennis competitive nature between the two, backstage and on on stage too. When he's like, when like this this culminates too at the part where Mac misses the line. And uh, Dennis basically corrects him on the on the stage, and then Mac goes back to the same line because he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. Um, yeah, they're the whole episode. They're sort of trying to outperform each other, right? Like at the start, they both want to be the lead. Yeah, I think that that is such an underlying, amazing aspect of this episode uh, of the Mac and Dennis 
competition of who who is the best performer, right? Yeah, because even even um, you know Dennis says like, oh yeah, I'm getting a lot of laughs out there, and basically Max says I'm not going for laughs, I'm going for gasps, gasps. So Mac really really wants to be the the lead performer. He wants to steal the show. Uh, he I think he in, in the back of his head he thinks that like. I don't know, like a big movie producer is going to see this and like offer him a role. <laughs> yeah. um, that's why he says, don't ruin this for me earlier. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's funny that he mentions that laughs are cheap. And then as soon as it cuts to his scene, people start laughing. <laughs> and dude, when, you know, I think laughter is definitely contagious because when they start laughing, I am dying. Especially when he's doing <laughs> the karate moves when he goes across the stage. <laughs> Doesn't he do the karate moves right before he's going to r- rape Dennis? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, that that it's so like okay like i'm trying to put myself into the audience's place like if i was at a random gym watching like a uh, an amateur performance i would honestly be dying of laughter at like what what i'm witnessing and uh it's it's uh it's awesome um um another another i'm i'm going to give one more mention to dennis in the performance aspect um, sort of in the scene where he is turning into the day man when he's come becoming a boy to a uh, day man. The gun. The gun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I knew it. I wanted to mention that. A gun is hovering. You know, obviously someone's <laughs> holding it. Like this is very amateur, obviously. And you know, Dennis grabs it. Uh, you know, says bang bang, kills the troll. What the hell is that? You know what it is, bitch. Bang. <sighs> Bang, 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 bang. That line is so mean and I love it. Um, oh man. It, and then it, he gives the gun back to the hand behind the door. <laughs> why didn't he just drop it? I was gonna say, look, that's the that's the thing about this musical. Like, why we like it is that it's so bad that it's good. Like, it's bad on purpose, you know? Like the writing, the writing of this episode was made that the play and the rock opera was bad on purpose. Right, yeah. It's well, I, I, that's the thing. I think I think the in the Charlie's intention wasn't really to make an amazing rock opera. It's just like a, a way to get to the to the waitress. Like that was his whole thing, right from the start, right? I mean, that 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 is obviously an argument, but I, I was like, I was sold on him being so excited about the rock opera that I believed that he believed that it was good. Yeah, you know? and yeah. that the gang messed it up. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Um, yeah, uh, like who's gonna forget some of these? If you're, it's an it's always sunny fan. Well, I, I mean, I, I've been singing, I've been singing a lot of them, and I, I mean, they've been stuck in my head at least ever since I watched this. Yeah, especially for some reason, these song is stuck in my head the most. Yeah, the tiny voice song. I don't know why, because I think I like Dennis when he goes ooh um, <laughs> in the back, like. Uh, <laughs> I kind of downplay that, yeah. I uh, I just like recall the thrusting a lot too. <laughs> you know what? I think they are trying. That that's the best part about this is that they are trying to give off a good performance. And it, not only it's a, not only it's just a thrust. It's like a full body thrust. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, for some reason the Tiny Boy song was stuck in my head the most, but we we will always pick a favorite song again. But yeah, this whole episode, like all of it, was just I could sing it to myself, like. You know, just like walking down to the kitchen and grabbing something to eat, you know. <laughs> Little thing, I'm, I'm sure you noticed this, but uh, in the background is the Hitler dog painting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool because it, 
it might be like in this episode, especially on the rewatch, I am trying to get a little bit more into the mind of Charlie Kelly. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, this obviously is his vision, right? Like, so something must've inspired this and like the, the setting must've been derived from something. So I am thinking that this is sort of built around his apartment. <laughs> that does make sense. Yeah. You know, it has to have something like that. That's why the, the, the dog painting is there. And I, that's, that's, so that's one thing that, you know, Kobe kind of mentioned earlier if you didn't know the relevance of that painting, then you wouldn't even care. But that's kind of like a fun little uh, Easter egg for people that are uh, fans of the show. It's funny that the original Nightman song is not in this episode, but the Dayman song is. Yeah, that is true. I guess it didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, that original Nightman song is what obviously sparked the Dayman song. And then that those two, I guess just sparked this episode mm-hmm. yeah like we don't we don't hear the the nightman song at all like anywhere afterwards in the series but that nightman song is so depressing and gloom and dark that it's so good um <laughs> yeah when like dennis walks into charlie's apartment like the curtains are closed and it's all black and he's just like singing his like slow melody to himself yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey that's the nightman anthem man that, that has to be like that he was wearing like uh those uh those weird pajamas he always wears. I love those pajamas. <laughs> yeah, they 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 always remind remind me of long johns. So every every time I wear long johns, I'm like, ah, oh, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're tapping into your inner Charlie Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, off topic. I'm a big fan of long johns, man. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't really wear them, but uh, I got nothing bad to say about Dude, them. They keep you so warm, and like Montreal winters get brutally cold. Um, and when you step out, I mean, I guess like oh, we're not gonna get get to experience that as much this year because we always have nowhere to go and no reason to be outside. But when you do us, when you do go outside in like the February Montreal winter, man, long johns are a lifesaver. I like, bet. It, yeah, I bet they're a necessity out there. I uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything else, and I'm glad they were introduced to in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Respects the long johns. Respects the long johns. <laughs> any any long john company you want to uh, sponsor this podcast? Let me know. I mean, the one I wear, fruit of the, the one I wear is fruit of the loom. So fruit of the looms, Hanes, classic. Some of them, Hanes, yeah. yeah. yeah you got to come correct. Gildan probably got something. <laughs> probably, yeah. Okay. I'm sure uh, Supreme makes one at this point. Oh <laughs> yeah, it gets a Supreme branded long johns. A red one. Sure. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, if Supreme, like if, if Supreme makes like boats and like bricks, they probably make long johns. <laughs> but man, that resale value—that's what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, I don't want—I don't want to sell my long johns. I want to wear them. <laughs> But I mean, I could sell it and just buy like an infinite amount of Hanes Long John. So yeah, but you won't be like a hype beast. <laughs> Do I? How will people know I'm a hype beast? Should I just wear those and nothing else? Like yeah, no how, pants how, else, how else would you do it? <laughs> where are the pants only like one pant leg in, and then the Long Johns on the other side? So like you're really showing off. When you wear long johns, though, you can't wear underwear underneath it because then it just looks like you're wearing a diaper. There's like okay. too many layers. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Noted. Noted. <laughs> I don't even know why we're talking about this. This is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Thanks for that insight, Serge. Hey, um, and anything for the audience. Yeah. Um, I guess on that note, uh, should we do our favorite song? You want to? Let's leave. Let's leave a favorite song for the end. Let's. Okay. Uh, well, let's, okay. Uh, we'll save that for the end. Yeah. Um, 
All right, let's, let's do our favorite character. I'll let you go first. I'll let you do the honors. I mean, I praised him enough in this episode, so I don't really have anything else to add on that. But my favorite character in this episode was Charlie, for obvious reasons, the mastermind behind the musical. So I'll say, I'll say, I said it a million times, but I'll say it once more. He just did such an amazing job of playing that arrogant, cocky director that kind of you know like the, the typical like new york broadway director that you picture like the black turtleneck and kind of just being smug uh kind of like um adam driver in like marriage story you know like kind of like that like that new york broadway scene so yeah he was amazing every like the i'm up to here was so funny every time he did it he was so angry and flustered every time charlie gets like aggravated I, I find it makes him a better character 100 percent, 100 i love, makes, I like, love the best angry of charlie. charlie yeah sure, it makes the sure. best of charlie he's, um, he's great at watch he's he's a great person to watch get frustrated <laughs> yeah and like it really brings a great contrast to like we said like the typical dumb character that tr- people know charlie as but for me this is the charlie that really shines through as the best type of charlie you know like him being like on an agenda angry at the gang but still wants his way in a sense, you know? And you kind of see that in, um, in Charlie work as well, you know, like he, he comes in with his own agenda. Like the episode is very much focused around him and like, he really gives direction to the rest of the gang on what to do. And it kind of produces like a great big result. And in here, even though the result wasn't as big, like he still managed to pull off a musical, which, you know, I, I, I can't do that. You know, like I'm sure you can either. Yeah. Oh, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you suck. <laughs> but I would attend one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> At least I got one audience member. You, you and all the other old people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, reserve me the, the front of a seat. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I, I also, one thing we, before, uh, before we get to your favorite character, I love when he's making sure the waitress arrives. It's like, oh, she's here. She's here. And then Matt goes, who's here? Like, they still don't know, like, what's going on. And he, like, he's, like, just pushing through to make sure, like, everything goes perfectly so he can win over a waitress, obviously, at the end. But, yeah, Charlie was unbelievable in this episode, so. Right? Stop hounding me. We were supposed to start 20 minutes ago. Well, we're not going to start. <gasps> she's here. She's here. She's here. She's here. Who's here? Uh, circle in, everybody. Can we get down in the middle? Do we get down front? Okay, a couple last-minute things. I just want to brief everyone on this. Uh, Artemis, can you bring in Gladys? This is Gladys. She's going to be playing the piano instead of me tonight. What? Why? It's cool. She knows all the songs. All right, Gladys, can you head out there and get us started? Well, I forgot to tell you Calvin Coolidge was a good friend of mine. You've been telling me that Calvin Coolidge was a friend of yours, like, all morning. And at a certain How many point, times? Like, a hundred times now. Oh. Well, at a certain point, I need you to stop telling the Calvin Coolidge Story, I need to start playing the piano. Don't shush me, okay? Now, please don't oh shush God. me. Thanks. Oh we my have God, her. dude. Just get her out there and get the play started. Like, what the hell are you doing? Come on, you can't be throwing us curveballs like this. I'm hanging on. Don't argue with me right now, okay? We just gotta do this. Let's stick together. Real quickly, real quickly, okay? Just a couple of things. I can't really move my arms in this thing, so I think I need to rip the pit. Do not rip that costume, okay? It's very expensive. All right, fine. But one other thing, I wrote a song. I'm gonna throw it in. I swear to God, you cannot add a song. It's gonna happen. I will smack your face off of your face. Okay. Do not add a song. It's starting. It's starting. Okay, go, go. You gotta get out there. Don't change. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I think I can do this. Yeah, it's um, I, 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 you can't watch this episode and not pick Charlie as your favorite character. He, the, the, the episode is about him. Uh, at the end of the day, like this is a, this is a deep dive into the Charlie, the Charlie Kelly story, you know, within the actual performance itself, and you get to see, like, you get to see the 
the inner mind workings of Charlie. Like you get to see, you know, how a lot of the characters are, are very like, I guess, like mature in the sense of like they they've already kind of been broken by the world. And like they're kind of very condescending and cynical where Charlie isn't like that. Charlie is very, you know, I want to say maybe the word innocent. Like he, he, he still has this element of youth and energy that like he wants, like he doesn't go in thinking that this is going to be bad. He goes in thinking that this is going to be the best thing that he's ever done. You know, that that's, and I think that's very different than the other characters where like they, they know what the world is like. And Charlie hasn't really figure that out like charlie is still a little bit um ignorant and blissful because of that because you know in this whole episode it really kind of does define the tragic life of charlie kelly you know like if you look at the metaphor that the play is about someone someone online kind of wrote it best so i guess i'll read uh what their comment was so the troll is obviously representative of charlie's mom who is probably aware of the of the abuse that the nightman who is uncle jack was kind of putting over charlie and charlie obviously is the little boy in the in the play someone actually kind of mentioned something kind of cool is that the dayman might be mac because charlie wanted to you know mac to play the dayman originally uh, at the start of the episode uh, as he is a master of karate and uh, and <laughs> friendship true. and um you know mac was charlie's childhood friend right so like that was you know Charlie obviously kind of grew up in a home where, um, you know, no real father, although it is speculated that Frank is his father that was absent. Um, you know, his mom was turning tricks uh, <laughs> to all the Santas in town, um, yep. you know, just to kind of, just, you know, you know, stay afloat. And, you know, uh, it is apparent that his uncle uh, sexually abused him as a child. So, like, if you take a really deeper dive into this, it is a very sad and uh, tragic story of this character although it is a comedy it's supposed to be lighthearted. this is you know it, it is some deep stuff here right the the metaphor that play is really about is is sort of deep right um and i, I really like the the little aspect that the day man might be mac because you know all you know through all the darkness and stuff it, it is nice that charlie did have that childhood friend that he can kind of hang out with and kind of be safe from uh before the the nightman came and you know attacked him again so right i think you know taking all that into consideration you can't pick anyone but charlie uh as the best character of this show but you know i'm gonna give an honorable mention to mac mac cracked me up so much in this episode so uh uh you know yeah like this is this is this is the charlie episode but mac uh gets honorable mention so he he, he yeah. was my close second too well not i wouldn't say close second but he was my if i had to pick somebody else other than charlie i'd Pick Mac, too. What the hell is she doing? She's bombing like crazy. <sighs> what an idiot. Yeah. I was awesome, though, right? You? No, dude. You totally froze up out there. You sucked. Um, I was hearing a lot of laughs out there, bro. <laughs> laughs are cheap. I'm going for gasps. Where do you see, dude? Gasps are where it's at. I gotta go pop my cat eyes in. I liked, uh, I liked Mac when, uh, at the end, when they all start seeing Dayman and they all, like, start marching towards the front of the stage and, like, Mac's, like, very, like tough Stiff. looking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I again just like a small little detail that i noticed that i was just laughing at but yeah uh, that's a that's a honestly a beautiful way to put it but so in all that who's is the princess the waitress i think yeah so the princess is still obviously going to be the waitress and i guess like because he says the coffee shop i guess that it would be the 
you know, yeah, the princess never changes, I don't think, unless, you know, there might have been another love interest in Charlie's younger life. But, uh, yeah, the the, wait- the princess has to be the waitress that, uh, you know, obviously the char- that Charlie tries to, uh, at the end of the day, wed. Obviously, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. Uh, she, she says no, and then the play ends. <laughs> and Charlie says, well, I'll see you tomorrow, because he didn't sign anything. So he's so he's going to jump out of a bush uh, again. <laughs> yeah. One thing I got to say is, obviously, in real life, the waitress is Charlie's wife. Right. But when they play this Charlie waitress dynamic, she does such an amazing job of playing this character that's genuinely disgusted and creeped out by Charlie that you completely forget that they're married in real life. Yeah. She has a lot of disdain for the Charlie Kelly character. So uh, that's, you know, it's probably really fun for them. You know, like they get to, they get to play something opposite of what they're like, you know, they're, I, they're married. They probably have kids. Like this is, she can play a character of what she hates her husband. That, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 get to take the time out of their day to be completely different people you know and uh i think it's kind of cool to live kind of that fantasy world in a sense where you know you don't have to take everything so seriously you can kind of make up scenarios and just be whoever you want you know yeah they probably have a lot of fun with it i would assume oh for sure i mean like they i feel like they keep like such a tight circle on who they work with like obviously like mac and d are husband and wife in real life too you know uh, you've had Dennis's wife make an appearance on the show as well. Uh, they, they're the ones that created the show. They're the ones that produced the show. They're the ones that write the show. Everybody that kind of started off working on the show still works on the show. So like, you can tell like they're very, not, I wouldn't say very selective, but they're just, they trust the people that help them get off the ground. So they're doing the honor, paying them back and making sure they're still around when the show is the longest running live action comedy series in history. Which is great. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I guess uh, before we get to the favorite song, uh, we got to rate this bad boy. Mm-hmm. Dan, on 10. This is this is really tough because I, I am sort of trying to think of this in the It's Always Sunny universe. Uh, and this was uh, like a, just a fantastic episode. So it's definitely going to get a high rating. Um, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Damn. All right. Uh, I'm, uh, my rating is an 8 out of 10. Uh, a little lower than yours, but again, in the always sunny world, this is still one of the episodes of the higher spectrum. And I think the only reason I just maybe gave it a little lower score is that it just took a little time for me to love it the way I do love it now. But other than that, man, like it was, it was a fantastic episode and uh, uh, definitely those songs will be stuck in my head for a long time. (laughs) And actually, yeah, like, uh, you know, as we're talking about the ratings, um, this is actually the second highest rated episode on IMDb. Really? Yeah, this is a I, I, very, I did not expect that. Very highly acclaimed by the It's Always Sunny fan base. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's cool that we both like it still. <laughs> and uh, we were speaking how, like, by now, like season four, the show had built this foundation and have, have this steady fan base and all that. So what I actually just noticed on Wikipedia is that starting season four is actually – uh, enough data to show how many people were watching the premiere or, or viewers of the episode in general uh, because in the first three seasons there isn't that so 1.3 million people actually watch this episode that's awesome that's, yeah. that's that's huge and what i what's even crazier is that 
the more seasons they have, the lower those numbers are getting. Really? Okay. Yeah. I guess that, that kind of could, surprising. That could, that could also go with like television viewing trends. Like maybe people are streaming it online versus watching it on cable because those are cable ratings. So, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it, it makes sense. Maybe uh, the show will take a turn when it premieres on Disney Plus soon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So does that mean the show will be a Disney Plus exclusive, or are I they mean, still going to run it on FX? I don't know. I, I I just heard or read something about like Fox buying out like a bunch of shows and all that. So because of that, like all the FX stuff is going to be on Disney Plus now. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, like you need a subscription service to start watching that show now, or like it'll actually run on the real cable network. So I think it's going to be subscription now because they uh, because of all the they uh, because Disney Plus acquired so many new shows that are premiering at the end of February. They actually upped their subscription price by three dollars. But okay, isn't that weird? Because if you look at the Disney Plus catalog, it is not like it's always sunny. Is not a show that should be on there. No. So unless the, unless they're gonna start you know building it out to be a more broad audience like like Netflix and Crave and uh, Amazon Prime and Apple are, um, yeah, because I I just I did like a free trial over the holiday break and uh, yeah. it's all like Pixar and Disney and Star Wars and Marvel right like it, it's it's not a lot of like they don't even have like they they own Fox but they don't even have like Family Guy on there. Maybe that's going to change. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. But uh, it is great that, you know, um, for anyone listening that is from Canada, uh, It's Always Sunny isn't on a streaming service. So it is a little bit tougher to find. So hopefully with it being on Disney Plus now, it'll, uh, you know, garner a whole new audience that hasn't seen it yet. I I, I wonder if it's going to be on Disney Plus in the States. Yeah. Is it going to stop being on Hulu and... I don't, I don't know. I really don't know, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a very, uh, it's a changing landscape of television, you know? So we'll see where I mean, it lands. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. You know, it's going to give me a reason to stream a bunch of the episodes that I haven't watched in so long. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll remaster it. You know, like these old episodes that are in, in the old aspect ratio, maybe they'll like remaster those. So it's like uh, nice and high quality. Cause like they did that with the Simpsons, right? If you look at the Simpsons on Disney plus, it's very polished and pristine, um, so I wonder if they'll do that for this. That'd be kind of awesome. I, I, I just hope they don't edit it in any way. I also hope they don't edit it. Cause, but I'm scared they're going to, if it's Disney, there's a lot they should edit. They should, they, I'm surprised they're even having it on their platform. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's what threw me off guard. Like I was like Disney out of all of them. Like I thought like this would like go to crave, like it kind of like lines up with like the HBO style comedy and shows and all that. But it, I, I feel like there's already like a handful of shows that, is either like on the DVDs or not on Hulu or something like that. Because I kept seeing like D-Day is not available somewhere for some reason. And then that sparked a conversation. I saw like a bunch of people commenting that there are other episodes that aren't around as much anymore. So, man, I don't know. I'm curious because like, obviously the show got renewed for four more seasons, which is fantastic. But like, I don't want the fact that it's going to be on Disney to make it super tame. Oh yeah, I yeah I doubt that's gonna happen. But man, I hope who knows? Not, man. I, I think I think if if that does happen, they're just gonna be like, no, we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that that that's exactly what I believe too. Like, I, these people do the show because they have full control over it and they can do whatever they want, you know. Anyways, on that note, favorite song of the episode. We spoke about this a lot. What is your favorite song? Uh, the best song on this episode is obviously the troll the troll toll 
<laughs> it's got Danny DeVito's awful performance in singing. Like he has no <laughs> vocal range. And it's just kind of like devious. Also, like I love the bulls, boys whole, boys soul type thing. Yeah, that that's that to me is the best song. It's got like that like yeah. kind of eerie minor scale type fo- type feel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This this that's the one for me. Confound your lousy toll troll. <laughs> God damn it! Stop laughing at me. You gotta pay the troll toll if you wanna get into that boy's hole. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in. You want the baby boy's hole, you gotta pay the troll toll. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in. Troll toll. What'd you say? Troll toll. Uh, I really do like that one. It probably is my favorite one of the musical, but just to throw some variety in there, my favorite song, I'll say, is the song that Charlie sings at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> we, a good we mentioned one. that. Yeah, I, I don't, again, I just remember like the melody, like, it's gonna be awesome, na, 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 something like that. But yep. him coming out and like starting off the episode like that, it kind of like it, it sets a, it sets like a really like cheery tone for it. Come one, come all to a beautiful show. It's gonna be awesome and some other stuff. Some other musical stuff. And he has like the the crazy hair all. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like he's been working on this for like five days straight. He hasn't slept at all. <laughs> yeah, it just comes out of the office, like you said, like scruffled up pieces of paper, like different colors. And he always, obviously, they're all drawings because we later on find out that Artemis put words to it. I would love to which, know how Artemis uh, interpreted the drawings. Yeah. Like, you do you think she... she sat down with Charlie and they went over it together, or did Artemis read us and went, "Oh yeah, I know what he means." <laughs> <laughs> that might be the latter, but I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> Yeah, she put words to it. <laughs> yeah, she made it literate. Uh, I guess kind of before we uh, we kind of end off, uh, I I did find this pretty interesting. Um, the title of Charlie's play is actually, uh, it might be kind of derived from uh, an old classic play called The Iceman Cometh. It, the, the, the play is sort of about, uh, it's an ex- existential drama uh, in which a group of patrons in a bar are forced to, to confront the reality of their meaningless existence which i think could be kind of a connection to it's always sunny because like these are five people that don't have a lot going on in their lives just hang out in a bar and just get into wacky ass shit you know and like that's kind of the comparison to charlie's play which is more about a princess in a coffee shop who wants to bang a little boy so like you know (laughs) storyline is not there but it could have sort of been a, a slight inspiration there um from that other other titled play so kind of cool kind of cool little fact. i uh i uh, i never knew that cool cool little fact that you dug up well on that note i guess all we have left to do dan is announce the next wild card episode but before we do that i just want to say we are on instagram now so if you want to give us a follow it is the wild card podcast uh we'll be posting all our updates new episodes funny memes videos anything you want on there so Give it a follow if you want. And if you don't, then it doesn't change anything in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to go on with my day. <laughs> uh, but yes, next wildcard episode, Dan, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you the honors to announce this one. Yeah, next, uh, next episode is going to be uh, one from the newest uh, season. So season 14, uh, episode eight, Patty's has a jumper. 
Um, this is going to be a much different discussion than uh, the one we had today because this episode has a lot of different social um, conversations to be had in terms of like, you know, who, who really has control of life. And, uh, you know, the gang kind of ana analyzes lives in, in a different way. So, uh, yeah, this should be a very interesting one to talk about. I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to rewatch this. It's been a little while since I watched this. You know what? I, I, I watched season 14, but I kind of like, I think because season 13 didn't grab my attention as much, maybe I, did, I didn't devote enough time to really love and understand season 14. So I don't really remember this episode at all. So I'm going in with a complete fresh mind. So uh, get ready uh, to talk to me as if I watch Sunny for the first time because that's essential. It's happening. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to talk to you like, like Charlie talks to D and uh, yeah. you know, like you, at this point, you got me up to here, you know, at this point, come on. I'll, I'll, I'll try to bring you down, but bring chances down are you're going to, you're going to go even higher. <laughs> song or no song. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I look forward to it.